Okay, so in a minute, Toby's going to come and read to us our Bible reading for today, our story for today, looking at uh, Jesus calling those first disciples. Before he does, I'm just curious, is there anyone here who is or has been a teacher? Hands up if you're a teacher of any kind in a school or in the church or anywhere, any kind of teachers here, raise your hands, great. I wonder if anyone's feeling brave enough to come and tell me what inspired them to want to be a teacher. Anyone wants to come and tell me? Come on, Marcus. Come on. Come on. You don't know? Okay. okay. I'm mixing it up. That's fine. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you can breathe it. Uh, it's why we be a teacher. It's like a lot of things in life. It kind of happened by not some sort of great plan. It wasn't some sort of, I'm going to be a teacher. I sort of teach. I don't teach all the time. But I do sort of private teaching with uh, uh, children uh, from sort of five up to 18. Um, and I guess, I do know. It's just come to me. Thank you. I do know. Uh, I guess what it is, is um, teaching kids for me has always been that wonderful thing of like, uh, you know, if you can find the best of people, that sort of creative bit, you know, the imagination sort of wonder inside that. And, when, and, and I teach sort of drama and public speaking and stuff like that. So that you, you just see something, you see someone uh, change and their confidence kind of come with them, you know? And uh, you don't have to be interacting or anything else like that, but it's a wonderful thing to sort of see someone sort of like, sort of come into themselves, I guess. And uh, you find that little bit of creativity, that imagination, that kind of spark. And uh, that's why I do it. There you awesome. go. came to me. Great right. you go. Great. Thanks, Marcus. Round of applause, Marcus. Okay, kids, I want you to think about at school uh, who your favourite teacher is. Okay, I think everyone, let's be honest, we all have a favourite teacher. Uh, adults, you may remember when you were at school who your favourite teachers were. And, and just think for a moment, what is it about them that makes them your favourite teacher? Is it that they're funny? Uh, I always like the teachers who were funny. Uh, is it the teachers like Marcus who encourage you, who bring out the best in you? Is it the teachers who just happen to teach your favourite subject? Uh, there's all kinds of reasons we might have a favourite teacher. And a lot of teachers actually do end up being teachers because they were taught well when they were younger. We're going to be thinking about that a little bit later as we think about Jesus' calling of the fishermen. It will make sense, I hope, a little later. Uh, but for now, Toby's going to come and bring us our reading uh, from Lee's Gospel. Take One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding round him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to the partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, for now, now on you will catch men. So they pulled up. They pulled their boats up to shore, left everything and followed him. 
Okay, now I know this is possibly one of the most familiar passages that you could possibly have. Uh, and I, I don't know about you, but sometimes when you're at home and maybe you're listening to a sermon from someone or you're reading a book and you come across something that you've never uh, seen before and you think, wow, oh, this is amazing. I really want other people to know this amazing truth about the Bible or about Jesus or about who he is or what he says or what he did. And as a preacher, I, I pray for opportunities when I hear something like that. And what was amazing is at the start of this year, uh, I heard someone preach on this uh, passage in a way that I've never heard before. And they revealed something that I've never seen before. And I was praying for an opportunity. And then I looked at the lectionary and saw what I really missed for today. And I thought, great, right, this is awesome. And it might be that what I share is very familiar to you. I might have had this massive revelation that everyone's known for years. And which is that it's proved I'm a bit stupid, so that's fine, I'm happy with that. Or it may be that I may be able to pass on to you something that I've learned this past couple of weeks that's really helped me to understand this passage, and especially to understand more about the disciples and how what Jesus had for them was special. And how uh, Jesus was a teacher like Marcus who saw the best in people and wanted to draw it out of them. And how he is that same teacher for us today. So we know the scene, and we know the scene really well. I'm sure the passage is so familiar to you that the disciples are in their boat fishing, and in the distance they can see on the shoreline uh, some of rabbi stood there teaching a massive crowd of people about the things of God. And they were familiar with rabbis, they know what rabbis were, they would have seen them all the time, uh, and actually uh, they would have wanted the opportunity to follow. I know I've said this before, but I do think it's worth, worth repeating. The schooling in the time of Jesus was very different to how it is today. You guys may love or hate school, you may love or hate your teachers. You'll have favourite subjects like maths, everyone's favourite subjects. Or you'll have your least favourite subjects like art or all those fun things. Uh, you have your kind of different subjects that you love, that you enjoy. But for those who are Jewish children at the time of Jesus, they would have gone to school as well and learned some of the things that you would have learned. Would have been learning what we know as the Old Testament, what they knew as the Torah. And by the time they were ten, they would have learned the first five books off by heart. Memorizing the entire thing. And I've been learning recently that as you look at how scripture is written, how the Old Testament particularly is written, and you may get frustrated when you're reading the bits and bits and there's lots of repetition, there is a reason for that. It's because it's designed to be memorized. It's designed to be learnt by Rose. And so children learn. And then by the age of 14, they go on to learn the rest of it. And when you were 14, Jewish child, you would have done one of two things. If you were a, a, a female, you would have gone home and begun to start a family. You would have learned to be married. And if you were male, you'd go home to learn your father's trade in the hope that one day a rabbi may invite you to follow them. But it was very You have to have succeeded not only in memorizing scripture, but in understanding it as well at the age of 14. And so if you were lucky enough, the best of the best of the best, you would have been chosen by a rabbi to follow them. If you weren't good enough, then you'd just carry on learning your father's training. Where do we find the fishermen? In the boat, learning your father's training. This means, at this point, they had no rabbi to follow. And possibly, they were still teenagers. But definitely, they may have not been considered the best of the best of the best. 
God, the things of God, sorry, the things of the kingdom of God. And he's captivating, and he come, they come into shore, having been out fishing all night for absolutely nothing. And Jesus says, let me get into your boats. They push out. Jesus continues to teach the people. They're hearing these amazing stories about God, about the kingdom of God. They're seeing this rabbi teach in a way like no one's teached before. We talked before about the authority that Jesus had when he spoke about the things of God. And they listened, and they were amazed. There was no doubt in their minds that this was a rabbi. There were people there to listen to him. He was probably dressed like a rabbi as well. So they knew that this was a rabbi. And then, if that wasn't enough, you have a miraculous catch. They've been fishing all night for absolutely nothing. Their day is set to be ruined because they've got nothing to sell. Therefore, that day, they're earning no money at all. And Jesus says, let's go fishing. And they push out. And we know the miraculous catch. They catch so many fish, the boat almost sinks. Uh, I don't know if you've watched The Chosen, but the way that they portray that is absolutely beautiful and really stunning. And, and there's this miraculous catch, and they're left with no shadow of doubt at all that A, this is someone worth following, and could even be someone extremely special. And so when he says to them, come to follow me, there is no hesitation in their mind. There is no part of them that would have thought, shall we? These are Jewish children longing for an opportunity to follow a rabbi, and here is that opportunity right in front of them. Typically, I think we're going to be leaving for joy in place. Here is a chance for my sons to follow a rabbi, what every Jewish father would have wanted for their children. And then Jesus uses this really strange phrase Come with me. He has offered to volunteer for this, which is fine. Uh, we know one thing for sure. Jesus was not speaking literally. He was not saying, literally, you're going to get your fishing nets out, you're going to throw them over people, and you're going to gather them to me. That's what you're going to do. That, that, that's not a literal phrase. We know that was obvious, isn't it? Yeah? Hopefully. Hopefully you've never sat there and taken that literally. But Jesus didn't say, get your fishing nets out. That Jesus is being a bit funny and saying, Ah, oh, you're fishermen, uh, follow me, and you'll be fishers of men. Ha ha. <laughs> but the thing I've learned recently is that Jesus has said a few like this far better than that. He is far funnier than that. That's a really nap pun. And Jesus is much better at puns and jokes and humor than that. Or you may have taken it like this Jesus is giving this beautiful metaphor for gathering. Now that's how I've understood it for many, many years. That, that Jesus is saying, like, just like you gather fish into the boat, you're going to go into this world and you're going to gather people for the kingdom. You're going to gather people to me. You're going to go and you're going to tell people to come and see, basically, the story that we know. Uh, so in a way, that's true as well. There is some truth in that. But what I've said recently is that what actually is going on is the phrase fishers of men, you will be fishers of men, was not unique. He was not the only rabbi to use that phrase. Many Jewish rabbis used that phrase because of what it meant. It was, here we go, English 
promised English students just got an idea. Not an idiot, an idiot. Are you okay? I don't know if anyone's brave enough to say it. But an idiot essentially is a sentence of which there is a meaning that you don't get from the sentence. Does that make any sense? For example, over the moon. You will know that over the moon means I'm really happy, I'm really excited, but nothing in the sentence over the moon makes you think that that's a bit about being excited, does it? None of those words suggest I'm happy and excited. But you know that over the moon means I'm really happy. Does that make sense? That's an idiot. This is exactly what Jesus is teaching here, a very well-known at the time Jewish idiom, I will make you fishers of men, meant, I will make you. What Jesus is doing, exactly what Marcus said, is he's looking at the disciples, seeing not just a bunch of fishermen, but seeing people with potential to be great in the kingdom of God. And he says to them, follow me, be close to me, be my disciples, follow me as your rabbi. And as we've been saying in the past few weeks, this phrase of John Mark Pepper, the whole point of being a disciple is to be with Jesus, to be like Jesus, and to do what Jesus and he said to the disciples, do that, come and follow me, be my rabbi, be my disciples, let me be your rabbi, and you yourselves will become teachers. You will tell people about the kingdom of God. You will teach them the way of Jesus. You will teach them the way of the kingdom. And we know, because we have the gift and the beauty of hindsight, that that's exactly what happened. That they followed Jesus, they learned trial and error, but Jesus so nurtured them so well and taught them so well that they themselves became teachers of the kingdom of God, to the point in which we know about Jesus today because they did that, because they went into all the world and proclaimed the news of Jesus Christ and of his kingdom. And there's this wonderful invitation I think to each of us today to not only learn from Jesus as our rabbi, but that he sees the potential in you that perhaps you don't even see in yourself. Or maybe others haven't recognised in you. But our lives can be lived in such a way that the kingdom of God is learned about by those who don't know. There is an invitation for us to not just follow and learn from Jesus, but to each of us to become teachers in the kingdom of God. Now I know there is a spiritual gift of teaching, and I know that's a different thing, but at the same time, with every one of us carries something that can help others to see that the kingdom of God is real, and is here in the person of Jesus. And his invitation to each of us is to come, follow me, and he can make us teachers. Fishers of men. Yes, there is truth in gathering as well. There is truth in spreading our heads and telling people about Jesus. But there's something about teaching people about Jesus. And I was thinking about what does that look like in our practical, everyday lives? How can we become teachers of Jesus? I want to encourage 